there. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy-ish, the podcast from Body and Soul with myself, Felicity Harley, and our digital director, Ali Izzo. We are talking about the three topics that made us spit out our green juices this week. Firstly, well, we are talking about Gen Z's calling out millennial poses. Yes, how do you pose for your photos on social media or just for your photos in general, actually? Secondly, I want to talk about the rise in popularity of anal sex and how it is leading to health problems for women. And lastly, on the same kind of theme, five things you shouldn't leave at a one-night stand's home. Welcome back to Healthy-ish. How's your day been? Hello. It's been good. Better now for speaking to you. Oh, bless you. Likewise. <laughs> okay, let's get straight into it. I feel like sometimes we run out of time on a Friday. Sorry, listeners. I know we like, we have that babble in the beginning, but let's go straight into it. Okay. The most interesting story of the week. Okay, well, I'm um, talking myself up here, but I wrote this one. Uh, but I, I say it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, I'm backing it up because it sparked a lot of um, traffic and a lot of comments on our social channels about it. And it was about the intergenerational divide between how you pose in photographs. And the headline was uh, Gen Z's are calling out millennial poses and God, I'm so guilty. And I wrote this in the first person because I am definitely a millennial. I'm not Gen Z. I'm too old for that. And I am so guilty of doing the millennial pose. Whenever someone puts a camera in my What face, is the millennial well, there's pose? there's a couple and they're kind of just the cliched thing. So it's like standing there with the skinny arm pose, you know, when you put one hand on. Oh, yes. Um, yes. To make you set, to cut your waist off, to exactly, give you more curve. Yeah. Exactly. Know it. Or putting the camera up really high above your head and sort of angling it from above. Oh, my God. I so yeah. do that. Me too. I know. And I'm even on the cusp of Gen Z millennial. Uh, you're, you're in so. you're in here with me. You're in you're in the shame zone. Or doing the peace sign, like throwing the peace sign. Like why do oh I do God, that? Oh my god, I so do that. I do that all the time. Oh, all my photos when I was in Canada are all peace signs. You can't help it. Anyway, it's um it's been called out by Gen Z's and also a posing expert. Now this woman is her name oh, is Chris- okay, uh, excuse me, can we just discuss a posing expert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is her whole job. And I tell you what. When you go on to her Instagram, her Instagram is the Christine Buzan, B-U-Z-A-N, and she's American. She looks incredible in every photo. She looks natural. She looks cool. She doesn't look posed. She's not doing any of the millennial poses. Oh, my God. So I've got the brown low coming up, the AFL brown low. I need to try some of those poses for the red carpet. This is your story. It'll teach you how to do it, how to not look silly in photographs because once you see this, you can't unsee it. And then I went through my Instagram page and I was like, oh, my God, I am so (laughs) So, old. But the idea. So basically what are the, yeah, what are the gen, sorry, I keep interrupting you because this story is just so (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I think it's something we can all relate to. Well, maybe people of a certain age can relate to, but I feel like having your photograph taken makes us all feel a bit nervous and it makes me feel nervous anyway. And so we sort of rely on these tropes, which we've been told make you look better. But as Christine explains, it's actually just very unnatural. So, you know, when you take a photograph from up high, what it does is distort your body where your head looks massive and your body looks small. It actually, when you look at the photograph, 
it actually looks really weird. I don't know why we do this, why we thought this was a good idea. Same mm. with the skinny arm pose. No one naturally stands there like that, like kind of plucking their I always forward. think they look ridiculous, yeah, honestly. When someone on the end of a row of people, you know how you line up and then there's always the, the one on the On the end, he's <laughs> just got to put the arm out. She looks so awkward. What she does is, and in the article, I won't go through it all, but in the article she explains the options or the alternatives to those things where you look relaxed, where the camera's at a normal angle, your arm is still looks great, but it doesn't look posed and it doesn't look silly. And I think that's the main thing that Gen Z are kind of laughing at about <laughs> how people of a certain age look silly in photos because they kind of pull out these tropes time and time again. I think it's so embedded in our psychology because we've been doing it since Facebook was around or <laughs> since MySpace was around. Now I'm really showing my age. Um, and that, you know, it's something that you can easily rectify. So, I, you know, we can all come back from this. It's okay. It's not a life sentence. So it's all about just being, okay, so I'm, I'm thinking for the recovery. It's just all about being natural. Natural. So you can put your, she suggests putting your hand on the top of your thigh instead, which is a far oh, more natural That's a bit seductive. Angle. Yeah. And when, it sounds weird, but when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. Um, so your arm still looks good, but you're not kind of plucking it out like a chicken. Um, the other thing is to just smile and like put your face front to camera um basically avoid weird angles i think that's her main kind of thrust um and check out her instagram because she's a queen at it she looks phenomenal all the time okay noted um, and i'm going to be watching your instagram feed now ali <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to have to try really hard from here on in it's it's hard to uh, to beat those millennial impulses i tell you <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about a story out of the UK. There is no segue between these two, by the way. Um, (laughs) It it is a story, headlines in the UK, but I thought it was worth mentioning here. Uh, Two high-profile doctors have penned a piece for the British Medical Journal about the concern of health problems in women due to the rise in popularity of anal sex. They're saying that GPs are letting down a generation of women who are not aware of the potential problems. I mean, we've seen anal sex it's moved from taboo to really the mainstream thanks to shows like sex in the city and fleabag they name obviously is big in the uk and here and actually stats out of both the us and uk confirm that the practice of having anal sex is rising especially in young women and of course it's a risky it can be daring and often happens when you know there's alcohol or drug use or multiple sex partners and what they're saying is these women are turning up to GPs offices with you know problems with their anal canal and that GPs aren't reluctant to discuss this due to you know women feeling like they're being shamed or you know maybe they just yeah it's just not really talked about before so it's not really talked about and it's one of the I think it's one of the last remaining taboos of absolutely um, heterosexual sex definitely and I think it's something that is popularized in porn culture a lot and I think younger generations are doing it a lot more but we don't necessarily have the language to speak about it and to talk about prep for it to discuss it with our partner and then also to discuss it with our doctors when when there are sort of injuries or issues caused by it because I don't think it's it's not something you can just <laughs> jump into. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What I you know what I mean? <laughs> I just want to um, bring up something else. What I thought was interesting is that, you know, we have different anatomy to men, you know, in our anal area and the effects of hormones and pregnancy and childbirth on the pelvic floor. We have less robust anal sphincters and lower mm. anal canal pressures than men. So the damage right. caused by penetration can therefore be long-term. Now, I didn't know this 
as a you know forty something year old woman. So I think that you're right. You know, education is important. You know, I get it if a woman has had anal trauma of some, you know, something's happened or it's it's not gone to plan, then you do get nervous bringing up bring it up in front of a doctor. But I think you're right. Education, know your risks, practice it safely. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know any of that stuff either, but I suppose it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Okay, All right. one night stands. <laughs> Tell us, most click story of the week. This was the most click story of the week and this was a brilliant story that our social media producer, Holly Berkelman, wrote for us. And it was a first-person story. She was very um, generous with her experiences, but she wrote a story about the one thing that you shouldn't leave at the house of someone you've had a one-night stand with. And this is off the back of a very funny story, something that happened to her, involving a pair of Spanx underwear. Now, if you've invested in a pair of Spanx, then you know that you don't want to leave those things behind. Um, This was the inspiration point for her article. Her article actually delves into the five things that you should definitely not leave behind, including shapewear, supportive underwear. Um, But there's also one thing that she thinks that you should leave behind on purpose, which I'm not going to spoil. I'm going to make that a teaser. You've got to click onto the show notes (laughs) to find out what the one thing is that you should leave behind. But basically she talks about how, you know, there's such an awkward thing when you know that, you know, the the interaction will be brief and that it's a one-night stand, everyone knows what that is, but you really have to go back and get your phone or your keys. There are some things you cannot leave behind and no matter what sort of shame you might feel in the morning when you are waking up and you've gotten home and you realise you don't have some essential item, you have to go back and get it. And um, it's a really relatable piece for anyone who's been in that situation or just an enjoyable piece if you uh, haven't been in that situation and wonder what it feels like. (laughs) The walk of shame. Ali, thank you for coming on Health Issues this week. I'll see you next week. Have you left anything at someone's house like that and then got home and thought the next morning, oh, wow, what did I do? I'll just leave it there. I don't need to see it again. Anyway, something to chat about next time you're having a wine with the girlfriends. If you do have anything for us to chat about, make sure you DM us a topic for our Friday episodes. You can catch me at Felicity Harley or send it to Body and Soul on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. Thanks again for joining us. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until tomorrow, stay healthy-ish. I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.